0: So much- You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on.
1: Hello and welcome to you Beauty Mamma Mia's daily podcast for your face. I'm Kelly McCarran, and today I'm putting myself back in the hot seat to chat about one of the many, many things I've had done. Today, that thing I had done was my tits, my glorious, glorious breasts. That up until recently were quite magnificent if I do say so myself. Now they're kind of like saggy cow udders with giant teats but that is a problem for another day. Just in case you didn't know, breast augmentation is a procedure that makes your tatas bigger by inserting implants into your chest area. But you probably did know that and you're here for all of the pervy pervy details. As always, when chatting about myself, I've brought in our fabulous fellow YouBeauty host, Shazzy Hunt, you will recognise from our Ask an Expert Tuesday apps. Welcome, Shazzy. Are you ready to ask me all of the questions about my boobies?
0: I'm always ready for pervy details, but today feels a little extra pervy. I know, like (laughs) what a Thursday for you, just (laughs) chatting about Kel's tits. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's do it. eh? I have to start with why did you, you know, start to think about, you know, maybe having a boob job and what was the main reason?
1: Well, it's actually something that I'd sort of always thought of, not like always, obviously not when I was like 11, (laughs) but I have always loved boobs. Like I've just always absolutely loved boobs. You know how everyone likes different aesthetics and they like different things? It's always the one thing that I just really enjoyed on a woman. Mm. I just thought that they looked so good. I thought that they looked really good in clothes and it was just something I really liked. And I was always like a little bit obsessed with them. Like I was such a skinny athletic teenager and I had absolutely nothing in any department. I was just like a string bean up and down. Mm -hmm. I made mum and I was like nine or ten buy me like little sports bras.
0: Like oh, wow. Why?
1: I've still got no idea because all I had was like, I literally still looked like a toddler, like just a <laughs> nipple on a chest. Like there was nothing there. But I just liked the idea of being grown up and being like one of the ladies in the movies and having boobies. And then as I got older, it just became this ridiculous thing. Like I would stuff my school uniform every single day with the most ridiculous concoction of like tissues and paper towels and socks. The size of my bra, I don't know what my parents thought I was doing because the size of my bra would have been so ridiculous compared to what I actually had, but I was Mm. stuffing it every single day. And that sort of carried on through to adulthood. Like I was always stuffing, obviously I upgraded from tissues to chicken fillets because they came out, but I was just always so obsessed with that aesthetic and I just wanted them so badly that I was always just kind of like doing anything to make it look like I had them. Obviously, I did get some boobie eventually, not like a lot. There was boobie there. It wasn't even that I was self-conscious about my actual boobs. There was also the side of me that just wouldn't wear a bra a lot of the time. I think it was like if I wanted to look really nice or really sexy, that's when I wanted the boobies Mm. and would start shoving things into my top. So it's just something that I had always, always wanted and always sort of joked about doing. And then one day I sort of woke up literally and was like, oh, my God, you pest. You are one of those people that just talks about things all of the time but doesn't do anything. So I actually got really cross at myself and I was like, Goodness sake, Kelly, if you want something, stop talking about it and stop whinging about it to people and actually just do it. And literally like two days later, my surgery was booked. Oh, wow. It was all very quick after that. Okay. So that's how I decided.
0: I guess the other thing with a boob job is the cost is kind of the other big prohibitor once you've kind of gotten around the mental side of it. How much were you looking down the line at and how much did you find out was covered as far as Medicare or private health insurance?
1: In terms of me, absolutely nothing was covered in terms of Medicare and private health insurance. I mean, I don't even have private health insurance, but that's definitely not something that people should ever sort of think that they can fall on. Mm. In regards to the cost, it could be anywhere between 8000 and 20000 ish mm-hmm. depending on who you go to, what the aftercare is like, obviously what hospital you're at. Like there are a lot of different costs involved. Like with all surgical medical procedures though, It's definitely not something that I would advise people skimp out on.
0: Mm. Generally,
1: the cheaper ones are probably because they're performed by a cosmetic surgeon, not an actual plastic surgeon.
0: You know, you had that realisation that you really wanted to do it. You were sick of talking about it and you had the financial means. What was the final tipping point that was like, yes, I'm going to do it?
1: That was pretty much it. And I literally just like booked the surgery before I'd even had my consult Once I'm decisive about something, I just do it. So I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't want to have to wait too long after my consult. And I mean, I think it was like two to three weeks till I was going to get my consult. I booked the surgery. So I basically put down the deposit for a couple of months after that, like when he had... A spot and that was it.
0: Wow. I guess some people would go to that consult first, kind of have a discussion about it and go, "Mm, is this for me or yes or no? And then proceed from there. But you were all on board. I imagine that first consultation is really about getting into the nuts and bolts of the boob job because they're not one size fits all. You know, there's so many little decisions that need to be thought about and discussed. So tell me a bit about some of those points that you go through in that consultation as far as the size, as far as implant type, anything else? Well, I know that
1: everyone's experience is different and some people would probably really disagree with me on this, but from my personal experience, I would say that you need to go in with a really open mind and actually listen to your surgeon. I'd been in all of these forums and I'd been doing so much research. It was something that I definitely was completely across. A lot of people say, oh, I want to go from a B to a small d or something
0: that's, that's what not I imagine actually, yeah what you did <laughs> well that's actually
1: not what they do they don't tell you what cup size it's all about cc's which is like the amount of silicon or saline that they're going to put into your boobs at the place that I went to they only used silicon so like one of those big jellyfish things <laughs> But a very <laughs> tough jellyfish. So I was like, I want 330 cc's. Like everyone that I've seen that has that, it looks really nice, like not too big, but really nice and like plump kind of thing. He basically just laughed after he'd like looked at my chest and done all my measurements. He was like, 330 cc's on you will not give you what you're looking for because you're so broad and tall. 330s will basically just create like a bony cavern between them Mm. and they will look like little orbs just stuck to you. And so I went in there saying I need 330s and he was like, lol, no. And also I didn't realise that one of my boobs was actually bigger than the other, which is very common. You're going to die when I tell you that I asked for 330s and he was like, I would suggest 560.
0: Wow. Wow. I often heard the opposite story where people go in requesting much, much bigger and the doctor saying, no, no, let's take it back. It will look ridiculous. You need to have this and it'll still be a big difference. But that's interesting that it was kind of the opposite for you. So one
1: boob was 560, one boob was 520 that had more fat already in it. And he was like, you won't get the results you want from 330 if you want that like really full look with like a nice cleavage. You need to go a lot bigger because you're so broad. You've got the frame to pull it off. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm very good at like just trusting the professionals, asking the right questions, but trusting mm. them with what they do. Cause I don't think they want anyone to walk out looking ridiculous. No. I think often when people walk out looking ridiculous, it's their own fault mm. because of things that they've demanded people do. I think that Some places will give you the choice, but the place that I went to, they were just like, no, we go in under the boobie. But he actually went in not so far under that if I put up my arms in a bikini top, you see my scar. Yeah. It's just like perfectly placed. So you could not see my scar unless I actually showed you. The implant type, as I said, was kind of like just the silicon. That was the only option. Oh, you can choose like round or teardrop, Mm. which is just the shape of the implant and like where you want it to sit. And I chose high profile so it would sit higher up on my chest because I knew that as it like fluffed and dropped, then it would look more
0: natural. Yeah. I guess the mental preparation side, once you're like, yep, ticked off all the questions happy with what we're going to go ahead and do, how do you then mentally prepare yourself for that kind of surgery, even when it is elective, even when, you know, you are choosing to do it?
1: That's a really good question because, and it's not saying that many people consider that I felt absolutely fine and I was like just really excited, of course, like a little bit nervous, but mainly just super excited until the day before I was working for a media, a women's media company at the time and it was like the most beautiful environment and everyone upstairs knew what I was doing and everyone was so supportive and Mm. it was like really lovely. So they were all kind of like wishing me luck for the next day. And then I went downstairs to give the CEO something Because she had her own office downstairs. So obviously she just missed any of the conversation. She said something about seeing me in a couple of days. And I said, oh, I'm actually not going to be here. I'm taking a week off. And she was kind of like, oh, why? What are you doing? And I said, oh, because I was just shocked because I had been so open about it and everyone else knew. So I was like, oh, I'm getting my boobs done tomorrow. And she went off at me. Like I got a very big apology when I eventually came back, like obviously it just sort of triggered her, but she like had this giant rant at me about that. I was like everything that was wrong with the world, with women and what sort of feminist would change her body like that. And it it just really, like I admired her so much. And I thought of myself as a feminist. And so I went home that afternoon and I just burst into tears because I was like, am I a bad feminist for this? And I wrote like this letter, like to my sad little (laughs) boobies. (laughs) I'm so sorry that you weren't good enough. And I was really emotional. Mm. But then I texted my girlfriend who had sort of been with me through the whole ride and I just said, I need you to calm me down. I'm spiralling because of what happened today and I feel really bad for my sad boobies. She just sent the perfect message back just kind of being like, you've wanted this for so long Mm. you're not a bad feminist no basically just really calmed me down and just said what you're doing is the right thing for you you're not like a dumb teenager that's just made a stupid decision type thing and that calmed me down and I was like okay and then I just went to bed
0: Tell me about the big day. What do you remember? Oh, dearie me. I remember everything,
1: actually. It was such a, I mean, I won't bore you with too many details, but I was the first cab off the ranks in the morning. So my sister dropped me there at like 6.30, 7 o'clock. It's just day surgery. You're literally in and out. Wow. And they just said to her, okay, thanks for dropping her off. Come pick her up at 11. Just enjoy your morning, Speedy basically. And my too. sister's kind of like, what? And I was really nervous, but then it was kind of awesome because I was just first in and they were just so efficient. I didn't really even have time to be nervous. And you just go into a room and the surgeon will come and talk to you. The anaesthetist comes and talks to you. It's just like very run of the mill type thing. And you agree again about your results type thing, like consent again to what you're getting done and sign a few things, I guess. And then you just go in and because it was really cold and I have a thing about needles and they often can't find a vein, when one of the nurses came to just hook me up, I remember just being like, can you just not? Can you just put me under first? I'm really bad with needles and Mm. I just don't want to deal with it. And she was like, oh, no worries at all. So they wheeled me into the uh operating room. And they were basically like, okay, we're just going to give you the gas and then we'll worry about putting in the needles and everything. And I was like, sweet. So they just gave me the happy gas that puts you to sleep and makes you really high. And then the next thing I know, I woke up with a lollipop in my mouth. (laughs) The nurse does it to try to, with your sugar or something, but, and it was like maybe a couple of hours later, like nothing they were just like, okay, now you're just going to sit here in recovery. We're going to make sure that you're okay. And then my sister fetched me at about 11 and took me home.
0: Gosh. And how did you feel at that point? You know, what was the pain like initially and then in the immediate days afterwards?
1: It wasn't pain when I woke up. It was pressure, pressure. Because obviously all of the drugs were still in my system, so I couldn't feel any of the pain, but it felt like I had this huge weight on my chest, Mm. like as if someone was sitting on it, but just on the chest area.
0: In the days afterwards, how do you manage that pain and the swelling and the bruising and, you know, how long does it take as well for all that to subside?
1: So my sister took me back to her place because I was living in a share house with a bunch of boys at the time and like fat lot of help they would have been. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So <laughs> her and my brother-in-law sort of helped take care of me and I was in a lot of pain. It's funny that pain is something that you sort of forget when you mm. have really great results, I think. Yeah. Like, um <laughs> After I got my nose done, I said to my sister, oh, my God, my boobs was never this bad. I was never in as much pain. And she goes, are you kidding? She was like, I had to hide your painkillers from you and dole them out every four hours because you were trying to sneak them earlier. (laughs) Like, you absolutely were in so much pain. It's just that you've sort of, like, blocked it a little bit. I was in pain and then you sort of just sleep a lot. Like, a lot of the painkillers just make you super woozy and dozy and like you just sort of just lull around a little bit and the most pain that I can actually remember was on the first night they've got a pug and the pug I mean bless his little heart but he came and sat on my chest while I was sleeping in the middle of the night and then without thinking I kind of like used my arms to pick him up and push him off and the ripping feeling in my chest was just like oh it was so painful like it was fine But that's why they say, like, don't lift things, don't move too much, because you don't realize how much you use your chest muscles to do everything. So a couple of days later, I just like obviously lived in like tights and cardigans, things that are easy to put on. And then it was maybe five days later, I went out to brunch with some family and I was wearing jeans and I didn't think it through because even just something as small as doing up a fly Mm. after the toilet was so painful. Like I just couldn't, just that act of pulling it together that requires that little bit of chest muscle that you don't even realise you're using was wild. And then things like getting into a car, because you just don't realise that you use your chest muscles for literally everything.
0: As far as starting to go back to living normally, going back to work, you'd had a week off. Was that enough or did it take a bit longer to kind of feel yourself again?
1: No, no. You know, Janet Hayward. Yes. Everyone in the industry knows her. She's like the most beautiful person. So I was working with her at the time. And on my first day back, I was just sitting there with a little pillow under my elbows propped up. And she just came over to me at one point and she goes, oh, darling, you just look so sad. I'm going to give you a cuddle. I just like burst into tears because it just made me miss my mom, who was overseas at the time. And, you know, when you're just feeling like sorry for yourself, even though it was self-inflicted, you just want your mum. <laughs> yeah. And in that moment I just like cried, which probably was a sign that I was back at work a, bit a little bit too <laughs> early. But yeah. Janet was like an angel and working with so many amazing women was just, they didn't give me too much work or they were kind of like, just take more time off. And I was like, honestly, I'm the sort of person I just would rather work because it's a distraction and otherwise I just tend to think that you can feel a little bit worse just blobbing around at home constantly.
0: Was any activities off the cards like under the doctor's orders, things like not positioning yourself in a certain way or not wearing a certain type of clothing?
1: You've got to wear the bra that they give you for over six weeks.
0: Oh, okay. So
1: all the time, unless you're showering. It's like a compression bra to help with the swelling and everything and I guess to help keep them in place as they settle. Mm. And you've also got to sleep upright for the first six weeks, which I reckon that that part was worse than the recovery from the boobs, like the pain, because that part lasted, you know, five, six days. This was six weeks of agony of Mm. sleeping upright. I was so uncomfortable. It was just, and you can't roll over, obviously. It was the middle of winter, so trying to put different layers on, I used to have to ask some of my housemates to help me. I was like, can you help me put this jumper on? You don't realise like that you won't have much mobility for quite some time and that you can't sort of do things that are comfortable. So it's not just like that initial week of pain. It's like a six week plus recovery period.
0: When it did all finally settle down, how did you feel about seeing this new figure that you'd wanted for so long? How did that kind of impact on how you then felt about yourself
1: oh my god Chaz it looked ridiculous
0: it was but (laughs) I was expecting that like because I'd done
1: so much research nothing surprised me like even little things one day I was doing you had to do daily massages and one day it actually sounded like I was rubbing out bubble wrap from under (gasps) my skin like the popping noises it was making I reckon if I hadn't done so much research that would have freaked me out so much But because I had, I just knew it was like the nerves sort of healing themselves. So I was like, oh, it's fine. I've got bubble wrap boobies. It's cool. Luckily, I knew what to expect. But my boobs looked ridiculous. Like it looked like two torpedoes just stuck to my chest. Because if you think about it, when you put something under skin that's already quite taut and that like I didn't have heaps of fat Mm. under there, then I just had these really tight round, hard torpedoes stuck to my chest. And it was just, I mean, it looked ridiculous. (laughs) But I knew that the end result would look way different.
0: Yeah. How long did it take to kind of get to that final end result? Actually, that's a
1: silly thing. I shouldn't have said that. That was a bit silly because the end result, there's no such thing really. And it Mm. takes, I reckon it takes years Mm. for the best version of your boobies to appear. Yeah. Because the longer you've got them the more they fluff out and they drop and they just, like, start looking like really – like they're not just sitting on you. Mm. They look like they're part of your body and they get that beautiful fullness that you sort of want. And that, I reckon, came a couple of years later. Mm. But after they settled a little bit and looked not so ridiculous – I mean, they were still so high and so round and just so (laughs) – oh, God, I've got to put some photos in the group when this episode goes live just so we can have a little bit of a lull at how hot (laughs) I thought I was as well because I was just wearing these outfits that just (laughs) –
0: That's what I was going to say. I was like, did you completely change your outfits as well? Because you were like, okay, I've got these now. I need to like dress them up. I've got now, guys. Yeah, (laughs) I'm going to get them out.
1: (laughs) And they just look – it was just so obvious. I honestly looked like a Hugh Hefner playboy girl, like It was, you know, especially like I've got the blonde tan, the fake tan as well. Like, who did I bloody think I was? (laughs) But I was loving myself sick at the time, so who cares? But I reckon that they looked the best like a couple of years later just because they bounced nicely. They were fluffy and round and full and not like orbs just stuck to my chest.
0: Mentally and emotionally? How did you feel once you'd kind of reached that stage? Were you feeling yourself a bit and glad for having gone through that whole process by the time they reached that point?
1: I have never, ever, not for one second, regretted getting my boobs done. Mm. And I say that six years later. Yeah. Like... I have so much confidence. I absolutely love my body. I love my boobs, even though now they're cow udders. (laughs) It's just been the best thing that I have done for myself. I would say even more so than my nose. I just love them. Mm. Like I've never regretted it. I know that a lot of people do, or they wish that they were smaller or bigger or whatever. But, And I know that I'm lucky. Like I was able to holds them really well. So especially now, people wouldn't necessarily think that they're fake.
0: I had no idea. I only met you like a year ago and I had no idea until you said it. Then I was like, oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Like, of course they're big, but they just suit my frame as well. Because as I've gotten older, I have gotten a lot curvier and I can pull them off. Like it doesn't look ridiculous on Mm -hmm. me. And yeah, I just, I absolutely love them. I love dressing them. I love getting them out. I feel so sexy all the time. Yeah, it's just I think one of the best things that I've ever done for myself.
0: Have you ever had any issues as far as leaking, which is the thing a lot of people are terribly afraid of?
1: No, and there was a warranty on mine. I think leaking doesn't really happen with silicon so much because it wouldn't really leak. It might break apart, Mm. but you shouldn't leak. But that would happen with saline, which is probably more of like an old-school method that they do. The biggest concern with silicon boobies is something called, I forget exactly what the term is. Obviously, when there's an injury, a scar will form and inserting something foreign into your body is considered an injury. So breast implants over the years, they get just surrounded by scar tissue. But if that scar tissue sort of calcifies and hardens, it can really squeeze and sort of misshapen and deform the breast. And that is something that, Does happen. Don't know what the percentage is off the top of my head, but it's not uncommon.
0: Mm.
1: And I did see a lot of people in the forums that had it happen to them. And the only way basically is like surgery to fix that. So that was kind of like the worst case scenario Mm. for silicon boobies. And yeah, with saline, yes, there are things, but it's, I don't know anyone that's had saline boobs. Like I think that it's something that might still happen in America in some areas, but, Mm. yeah, it's like quite an old-school way to do things.
0: I did want to know if you'd ever thought about removing them, even though you love them so much at the moment and at this point in your life, but have you ever given any thought to, you know, what might bring about you wanting to remove them one day and are you clued up at all about what that would involve?
1: I actually really want to get someone on the pod that has done that because Mm. I've read so much about it, but, no, absolutely not Chance, Shaz. I'm not letting anyone <laughs> touch my boobies. I, like I just love them still and I love having them. However, pregnancy has changed them a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'll decide whether or not I want and can have another child and, and a couple of years down the line I'll definitely get them redone. Mm. But it won't be the same sort of surgery because that skin's already stretched, so it won't be the same recovery. I won't have the big torpedoes. (laughs) Like, I'll just get them redone so that they're not my cow udders anymore and I feel a bit sexier again. Mm. Also, like, most people need to get them redone at some point anyway. Yes,
0: that's, like, quite a common thing.
1: Mine would probably just be a little bit earlier. Like, but I do know, like, one of my friends' mums had hers for, like, over 20 years and they're still perfect, so... Everyone's really different. She got hers after she had kids. though. Ah. Mm.
0: And then last of all, I have to know what do they feel like and do people always want to feel them? Oh, my God, I can't
1: believe that I've never made you touch it before. (laughs) I'm one of those inappropriate people that whenever people say that, I'm like, touch them, bolt them, get amongst it, (laughs) do it. I would say that they feel a lot realer now, probably just still a little bit firmer than a natural, natural breast, like not as Mm jelly-like, if that's the right word. Mm -hmm. But for years, they felt like way harder than a natural boob and you could sort of almost feel the implant. So it was quite a, it's quite the party trick. I just used to get my boobs out and let everyone have a squeeze. (laughs) They feel, I would say like a normal boob now, but a couple of years ago, they were a lot harder and more fun as a party trick.
0: Kelly, I have gotten all up in your business enough for today. Thank you so much for telling us all about your boob job. Oh, my gosh. I've had
1: so much fun chatting about all of my boobies, (laughs) all of my boobies, about my boobies. So I really appreciate that you questioned me about them, Shazzy. I loved your questions. They were brilliant.
0: I'm just nosy. What can I say? Well,
1: that was a lot of titty talk for the day. Thank you so much to Shazzy for joining me and thank you so much for listening to this episode of You Beauty. If you have a suggestion for what you'd like an episode on, which now I'm going to add getting them out. Oh, also the difference between plastic surgeon and cosmetic surgeon. Mm, yes, that's going yes. to be on my list now. But if you have any other suggestions of what you'd like us to chat about, please send us an email or a voice memo to youbeautyatmammamia.com.au. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow for spendy savings. And if you don't want to miss a single episode of You Beauty Daily, make sure you're following us wherever you get your podcasts. Have a beautiful day. Bye.